five, four, three, two, fun. Welcome to another episode of the Ready, Set, Poem podcast, your premier podcast for everything to do with the Toronto Defiant and the Vancouver Titans. I am Chris Atley, the voice coming to you from the great virtual beyond, joined as always by Omni at Omnistrife and back for another kick at the can, despite as many technical issues as one could muster, Jordan at Sir Dr. JM. Welcome, gentlemen. Hello, hello. Hello. So, you, know, I, you came back. I, I did. I've returned. Just, oh, I mean, I'm, I'm happy you're back. I just, it seems odd that you, you, you join us for two shows and we've yeah. never said anything about it. Why would you do that to yourself? Really? It's a, an I, odd decision to persist. I, I guess <laughs> I just feel like I fit in with a, a couple of weirdos like yourselves. Oh, that's, that's true. true. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I have to suggest you fit in. I haven't heard anything bad. Like, I haven't had any of our listeners say like, "Why, you, why is Jordan continuing to come back?" That's a good thing. I'm happy to hear that. Uh, well, not yet. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, thank you for for taking uh, up our uh, invite back. Um, maybe you'll be back next week too. Who knows? I'm I'm open again. You know, my yeah. Tuesday nights around this time are. I think I've made them free just by coincidence. Oh, just by coincidence. Yeah, yeah. it happens. Everything surrounding the league is so cryptic now. Nobody knows nothing. It's all rumors. I'm just going to tweet some eyes every day. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, which we will talk about. Um, but the fortunate thing, you haven't seen like someone like Omni say, I'm still under contract, but Lightforce <laughs> is letting me LFT. Yeah, I, I was waiting for that Twitter announcement, but maybe it'll never come. I don't know. I should like consider free agency. Yeah. LFP, but, but, LFP, looking for podcast. Yeah, looking for podcast. I'll, I'm, oh. I'm down to go down to uh, tier two if that's a thing. But. What is the tier two of the uh, Overwatch League podcast world? I don't know. It's probably one man watch point. chat. Put <laughs> yourself into service. <laughs> oh yeah, it's like I, I to me, it's like you know, ready said pwn and everything else is uh, tier two, right? Yeah, no bias for sure. It's all no bias. Objective. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of objective, uh, you should see the hot takes coming all over the place, like team discords, community discords, Reddit, Twitter, um, probably Instagram, TikTok. <laughs> like everything's on fire. It seems. I think back to our show last week, and we were sort of saying, "Oh no, you know, <laughs> looking at the 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 teams, we're probably going to see teams are going to go for stability." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and instead they listen to our show and they're like <laughs> we choose chaos just light it all on fire like with, with uh jerry cans of filled up with gasoline and certainly didn't think we'd be in this situation with no this teams no and i like i we were sort of talking before we hit record and and i was trying to put together our show notes and normally uh what i've done is i list you know the players that have been quote unquote cut and those have been re-signed. And I was like, I'm going to have to type up a dissertation that I would turn in for peer review. If I were to, to go that route. So I just, I said, what's going on. And then I included the Reddit link that uh, has the, you know, the R cow yeah. player tracker, because 
That's the other thing. There isn't an Overwatch League player tracker yet. We saw one, obviously, the season previous, but not for this one. Though I'm sure they'll come out because they're going to listen to our show. And we're like, oh, yeah, we forgot that. Hey, so-and-so, press publish. But uh, we'll, we'll get into all that. Um, before we do, we're going to talk about the Vancouver Titans and the Toronto Defiant. Because one of those two teams has uh, made some decisions. <laughs> Although I am led to believe, as most people listening probably already have been, both teams have made some decisions. So we'll, we'll share our thoughts on that and uh, anything else we can uh, think of. So, uh, hey, boys, let's just start pushing this payload. Moving the payload. Join me. Now, before we get into uh, my note, which I actually said Titans existing, though, in fairness, that was a disservice to the fact that uh, we're going to talk about the team. Let's talk about the one that has been active. That's the Toronto Defiant. Raise your hand if you saw them full, going full Hisu. Because that's all they have left. Yeah. It's it's a good one to keep around, but certainly not uh, not the only one I would have thought. No, like uh, when I saw the thank yous and it was, you know, there seems to be a standard when you're doing your thank yous, your goodbyes, it's in 15 minute intervals. If you're going to do individual players, like I remember when the, the, the reckoning with the Titans happened, it was like 15 minutes. Um, who was the first one? I think it was Janu was like the first one. And it, people are like Janu, like yeah. he was the, the least. He was you actually, know, you know, playing every game. Like, yeah, like nothing about Hoxall, who had removed the Titans from his his social and had like completely disappeared. But it was every fifteen minutes, and then there was this distinct pause. At which point, people are like, "Oh man, I guess they sorted the rest out." I wonder what I was up with Janu and Pajion. I think those were the two. And then it was like, ah, you know what? We're just getting rid of everyone. Everyone held their breath for a collective moment and went, "Please just be one. Please just be one." Yeah, it's and, kind, of, kind of odd. You're like trying to rip off the Band-Aid in like 15-minute intervals. Yeah. But, you know, every 15 minutes, new <clears> player <throat> name, new player name. And then the order that the the name, and it wasn't just players, like Hochi uh, Lao, he's, Hochi Lee, sorry, isn't um, with the team any longer. But they went through and the players they left to the end, like Aspire is an example. Right. People are like, oh, okay, I can sort of see what they're doing. Yeah. They're going to keep Aspire and they're going to this. And then yeah. at, it reached the point where it's like, well, man. So like people instantly thought, well, they're just pressing full reset. Yeah, I, the I, dice. I completely agree. It was very surprising. Like I expected to see moves. I'm sure we all did, but like mm-hmm. not a full rebuild. And I, even though they keep, Hisu, that's you cannot call it not a full re- rebuild when you lose players like Sado and Michelle and Aspire, who you mentioned. Like I, I didn't think that that this is what's gonna happen, especially when you know we spoke before of there might be a plan here, a longer term when they've constructed this roster. Mm-hmm. But maybe Overwatch Two, you know, laid waste to all of that, and uh, probably, and we'll see what comes next. I think that was one of the more shocking things from what I kind of reading into everything. Just the fact that it seemed like going into this past season, bringing coach KDG over along with people like Hisu and Sato, it seemed like they were building around a core that was already established. And now it seems those plans have changed. Yeah. It it seems like the, the, the culture now is a culture of rebuilding and a lot of the comments that you would see from, you know, non Toronto uh, fans on Reddit and stuff like that is like, 
what is going on like yeah what's the plan the plan is there is no plans that what like people might think well and that's something that was brought up in defiant chord we saw this actually in many of the community discords is that well there goes the two-year plan like toronto is in year one of mm-hmm. every, like it's it's always year one and yeah. you know here we're, we're seeing it again i am surprised that they made the changes they did but Adam Adam, who has joined us previously on the show, and we should try to see if we can get him in to talk to us about the grand sort of future, whether it be on the business scope or the team. But he shared some uh, information on Twitter. He also shared it in Defiant Chord. Um, and he, in his first tweet of this thread, said, there's a new game next year, a new meta, new heroes, and new ultimates. We released our players to give them and us the greatest amount of flexibility in building for Overwatch 2. Now he, he goes on to talk about holding on to players that you weren't hundred percent committed to as a disservice to them and to the team. I get that. Um, he viewed this opportunity as being a mechanism for these players to find a place that, you know, they are hundred percent, you know, committed to, um, and that, uh, they're going to form a core around Hisu and they're building it with KDG and, and Yang Wan. The thing about this that that really struck me was when he said that Overwatch 2, it's a new game, it's a new meta, it's new heroes, new ultimates. A lot of the conjecture, including I think from us, has been around this future of, yeah, Overwatch 2, it's a quote-unquote new game, but I think we've always interpreted it as potentially just being like a DLC. It's the same game, just an updated graphics engine and a couple new heroes, maybe a couple of new maps. But if it truly is a new game, mm-hmm. then this approach makes much more sense because you want to provide yourself the greatest flexibility to go into next season with the group of players that provides you the best opportunity to do well. That's not to suggest the existing roster doesn't. I mean, it's possible some come back, but I kind of sort of thinking this through like, okay, I guess the reset makes sense. Now, compared to what's going on with almost every other team in the league, the Toronto Defiant were just the first team to go in and, announce. and pull the trigger. Yeah. yeah. And then we saw a couple of more teams who let, uh, let go of more players than, you know, just the two or three. <laughs> we saw, you know, Boston officially make an announcement that was pretty... They didn't big. do the 15 minute rotation. No. They said, <laughs> hey, here's four players that are going. Yeah. Fusions is retired. <laughs> I mean, it was... Uh, there's then even then there's like I'm I'm a member of the the weekly operating scene podcast discord and people are like oh so punk's sticking around yeah. this is good but then there's the like are we certain he's sticking around yeah. and it's an interesting conversation and dynamic there because punk's dad is a member of that discord who participates in the conversation <laughs> so I yeah. think people are waiting for Papa Punk to chime in and provide confirmation yeah. or not. And, and then, like, what I expected Toronto to do is something that we saw from a team like Paris, where they, you know, they stir things around, but they keep the core, right? They have, they have what? Four players, right? Yeah. Well, and to that point, Washington is a fairly equal comparison point to both Paris mm-hmm. and Toronto. Washington is only separated by one point or uh, one place in the standings from Toronto. They actually right. ended the season with the exact same record, nine and seven. And Washington announced they're releasing uh, Tuba and Closer, but they haven't announced anybody else. So, you know, both those teams are seemingly in very similar positions to Toronto, but maybe Toronto 
as an organization has more to play with. I don't know. Well, you know, we think as well though, I mean, I, to that note, what is it that we're hearing? We're hearing the teams that are either saying, Hey, here we're, we're getting ahead of this early. Yeah. Um, but we think back to the dates that we shared last episode, the teams had to declare by October 2nd, who essentially, who are their options that they're extending? And I don't know, like there's no site that you can go to. It says here's yeah, the not, not the public. They don't have to publicly declare. Correct. So when we don't know who may have been brought back right. where the team said, I'm going to exercise the option. And then two, we don't actually know who's running into free agency. So of all these players that Toronto has said, Hey, you know, thanks uh, for your, your, your time here. We're just giving you the opportunity to, to, to find the best team for you. Were these all players on team options that were not renewed or were these just all one year deals where they were like aspire is probably a one year deal considering they extended him, you know, essentially once under the, the temporary contract, but then that could just be them saying, okay, we're just getting ahead of it. The other is that they've just actually said, no, we're not going to, we're going to cut them all free. Like, it's just, there's some lack of transparency as to what the details around contracts are. Like if I signed you to a two year deal, do I have the ability to terminate the deal at a certain point? (laughs) <laughs> well, but we don't like I'll use, you know, meat sports, the national football league contracts are not guaranteed. You sign yeah. a 10 year deal yeah, and a team could easily let you go after year two, only so much of that contract, it might be guaranteed. And that's based on your negotiating power. Yeah. I'd have to think the overwatch league, if there's no interest in, you know, guaranteeing everything. Why would they? It's not as good for business. I'd be really interested to know more about the contracts in general. Because from my understanding, most contracts are uh, set up in a, I think it's usually referred to as a one plus one, where it's mm-hmm. one year guaranteed, and then you have the option of extending one more year. And it's it's very interesting because that seems very short-sighted, but at the same time, I think careers in esports are typically so much shorter that teams want that flexibility, yeah. which really doesn't benefit players. Ultimately, you know, what is the league built on? It's built on these professional level, very skilled players. And the longer a contract they can get, the better, because in yeah. theory, it is a cushion, right? Even if their career declines or things happen, you know, up and comers step in. Um, it's it's in some ways a guarantee but like you say you know in traditional sports those can just basically be terminated for any reason or another right um so it would be interesting maybe i i do also wonder if maybe certain organizations are probably a little more plugged in with other organizations so maybe toronto kind of started hearing the scuttlebutt that a lot of teams are going to be letting their their free agents you know announce that they're free agents and and kind of see what happens and maybe that shifts your plans quite significantly right if suddenly a player like twilight for example is available maybe toronto is interested even if they have to shell out right well and as we know while twilight is not a free agent he has been told he can lft which i i find it is an interesting way for teams to say here's who's available and we're willing to trade but and also it might be like um oh some players might think that they're worth more than their current team is offering for that extension. And that could be part of it as well. 
Sure. But let's say like, I'll use twilight as an example. Sure. If let's say he was in a one plus one, right? Right now, the team, like for him to say the team has allowed me to go and say I'm LFT. One of two things needs to occur. One, they chose not to renew the, like they chose not to extend the option. And now they're just flexing the ability. He's not a free agent for a week, mm-hmm. but they're letting him LFT. Is not untouchable. Right. That's kind of weird. Like that's sort of like, hey, trade now, sign now. But like yeah. there's, I actually kind of wonder, is this a player who's like, did they exercise the option? They're wanting to bring him back. But hey, if there's a willing suitor, like it's, it's kind of weird. Twilight's actually an interesting one. I'm, I just pulled up his Twitter. His statement, so his tweet, is SF Shock is allowing me to look for offers mm-hmm. going into the offseason. So after October 9th, I will be a free agent. He oh. retweeted Ons, and Ons's statement was, I am currently still under contract with the SF Shock. Mm. However, I'm allowed to talk with other teams. So ah. very, I, I hadn't noticed that prior, but that's very interesting because I, it very much sounds like that's not them choosing those words. You know, that's someone spoon feeding them and saying, here's what you can say. We're happy to let you talk to other teams, but to ons, you, if we want you back, you're back. You know, doesn't matter what other teams are saying to you. Whereas Twilight, it seems a little more like, you know, maybe we won't bring you back, but maybe we will, but we'll let you talk to other teams and see what they say. So like, let's use the shock as this example. The team, like they would have had to, if it was a team option, they would have had to have exercised it. That would have had to have happened already. And if they have no plans in bringing a player back, it would be kind of weird to exercise the option. But again, the question goes back is to what level of guarantee exists. We don't know. Now, if Twilight is going to become a free agent, that's the contract will expire on October 9th. If you don't have a year plus, that option wasn't extended. October 9th is the last day. Mm-hmm. Technically speaking, he belongs to the San Francisco shock until that point. Mm-hmm. And so team, I mean, again, I'm using sort of traditional sports structure here. You're unable to go and talk to a player on an opposing team unless you have permission it's or tampering. They are free agent <laughs> tampering, um, right? Like there's a variety of different, but uh, maybe that's what this is. But then the on statements a little bit different. Like, yeah. yeah, you're right. It is. It's, we, we just don't know. He, he also retweeted Smurf's statement. That's funny. That's one, two, three twilight on Smurf and Smurf's is in line with ons as well. I'm still under contract with the shock, but the team has given me the opportunity to look at other teams. So, Hey, he hasn't told uh super if he'll be back. Have you seen that clip? <laughs> it's kind of sad. I did. Yeah. I just, it is, it is a surreal time, but going back to what Adam said, new game, new Benna, new heroes, new ultimates. If it was just one team, if let's say Toronto did this, I think there would be, you know, a strong ability to go and say, Hey, it's always year one. Year two is a, is essentially cake, but we're seeing so many more teams do this. So let's talk about one of the teams that hasn't quite done this, but is rumored to be doing it. For those keeping score at home, if you happen to follow the RSP Twitter account, you may have noticed a tweet came out. Multiple sources say dot, 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 I emoji. And I understand the I emoji has some special lore with our podcast. What I can tell you is the moment that that tweet goes out, I got Jordan here. He's engaging with it. I got Omni here. He's like pinging me in Discord. What up, brah? Yeah. Problem is 
I actually had to do like day job work. I have yet to, to find that professional podcasting gig that pays the mortgage. And after that, Aaron, uh, halo of thoughts shares two tweets, one source, multiple sources, or according to multiple sources, he's got some, essentially it's according to multiple sources is him saying it's a rumor, but I've confirmed the rumor, even though it's not really confirmed. He says, Chanks, it's not coming back. Then he follows it up by saying, nah, man, it's the entire roster. Peace be with them. Mm-hmm. I can't speak to what he had said. And the reason that I would not come out and say anything of the sort is I am very cognizant that these are young kids who very well could be in a position where they don't quite know what's going on quite yet. And I would not want to be the person that would potentially break some bad news. I would much rather, if I'm going to publicly share something, say, Hey, I've heard this. I think this player is coming to this team. Case in point, I would still trust these sources who told me Agilities was going to be coming to Vancouver. Like if they told me this today, I'd be, I'd believe them. I have no doubt in my mind. That's how certain I was of that. But to me, that's a positive, and that's what I'd rather say. But what I've heard is the Vancouver Titans are doing what many other teams are doing, putting themselves in the best position to go into this new game, new meta, new heroes, new ultimates by having that clean slate. Yeah. And that's not to suggest the player, some players don't come back. It's just in what position are the Titans in where they should go and say, I'm bringing this guy back. I'm bringing this guy back. I'm bringing this guy back when they still don't even know what they're bringing them back to. And I think if I were to go and compare this to the season previous, the off season we had, the Vancouver Titans brought back Shredlock, Rolf and Dalton. And maybe they didn't have to go in and commit to all three. Yeah. Even though they plan on bringing them back, could they not have done what Toronto had done with, let's say beast, although unfortunately for beast and it didn't quite work out, but like, I just feel, I think they've figured out they're in a better position to go in with nothing holding them back. Yeah. I think it's, I mean, Vancouver to me is one of the larger enigmas in the league. You know, we, we know a certain amount about them, but they've always been tight-lipped about sort of what their overall plans are, how they view things. There have been times where we've felt like they just don't care. Uh, from an organization standpoint, there's been times where it feels like maybe they are just trying to you know, support these guys. Like you say, new game and everything. I wouldn't it be wonderful if, if we were on the inside and we could know how long they've known that for, because you have to assume that influences some of the decisions that teams are making. I genuinely believe new, like, I mean, I don't know for certainty, but I genuinely believe we found out about new game almost as quick as they found out about yeah. new game. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. And, and I mean, ultimately, I mean, there were, there were also rumors after yeah, whatever we want to call it, the reckoning with Vancouver Titans. There were rumors that going into the season after that, they had buckets to throw around and players didn't necessarily want to come to them. I believe, Chris, it was you that said because of, quote, stuff, mm-hmm. which we can all infer what some of that stuff was. 
could they be in a similar situation this year? I mean, you have to assume most of the crew from this past season wasn't making top dollar. Um, you know, I don't know if there's performance bonuses or anything like that, but if there is, I don't think many of them would have got much in that sense, given the team had one win overall. So maybe, maybe enough time has passed that players aren't as wary of coming to Vancouver as they may have been before. Maybe it's, you know, new year, new me kind of thing, new game, mm-hmm. new season, new game, new me kind of thing. Who knows? Yeah. The, I mean, we won't get into the stuff. We've gotten into the stuff many times, many episodes, <laughs> many times. I mean, um, but I, I just to, to sort of point out, like uh, last year, they might have had money to throw, but they had also shown their hand in bringing back Shredlock, Rolf, and Dalton. It in, you know, I, I have two different player representatives tell me that play like they didn't go and call out anyone individually, but they said, you know, my clients look at the team and they're, you know, just like we as a community do, Oh, you know, will there be synergy here? What's the best team that's going to provide me the best opportunity for success. And I think with the Vancouver Titans, they were in such a weird position that they kind of, they showed their hand a little too early, which is not something I think I'd ever met imagine myself saying that the Titans actually showed their hand early. Cause in our experience, we find out like if it's two minutes to the hour that that needs to be shared 30 seconds later is when the tweet comes out. Yeah. Like to me, I have, okay. About the Titans, in my opinion, a lot of the time it was just like a matter of, of people who might have come from, you know, the Canucks sporting organization. And they're like treating this as like a, not their entire thing, but another side project. And that's what at least I felt uh, was the issue uh, in the early goings and when they were clearly understaffed and, and it showed not just from their roster construction and whatnot, but through our attempts of communicating with them. And, and it, it definitely showed they did improve a lot. And, and I hope that that's a little bit goes a little bit better. And, and I don't think... Uh, that they're like, and and I guess this comment also applies to what what you said, Chris, about the define. Just thinking, oh, it's a new game, new meta, and we'll tear it all down. I think I have two issues with that, um, with that type of thinking, because while Overwatch Two is is of course it's it's you know a new game, but but one, it's not as though we're now rebuilding everything and we can now find players from a pool of players who actually uh, are good at Overwatch 2. I mean, there are some mm-hmm. players who played it uh, in that, like, demo showing, and that, that's not, like, a proper, uh, um, you know, scene to actually test it out. Maybe there are players who you know are more flexible, who would thrive, you know, players like, um, um, you know, Violet, who's really good at fragging out on, on, on DPS heroes, and maybe that's, like, a good thing. But there's another, uh, the, the second part to to my issues with that comment is that we know 100% if we leave the rosters as they were in the last season and nothing changes, we know that neither Vancouver or, or, or Toronto are going to win the championship. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing that you have to consider. Like, even if they were now announcing that they're going to all play Valorant or something like that or an entirely different game, 
I don't think that's like what was holding them back, the game itself. Maybe they thought and if 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 things aren't sh are shaking up the way they are right now and you see that a lot of players are looking at opportunities, maybe they have better chances of of building and not just like reconstructing like Vancouver has done from a very limited pool of tier 2 players. We see players um who are available I don't know. Shockwave might be an interesting opportunity, or or striker well, out there, and yeah. that's what what I think is is like a free for all type of of uh, notion going around the league. Of course, there are these untouchable players, but maybe teams are uh, really excited about it again. And and at the end of the day, it's all about like building within your constraints um, a, a competitive competitive roster. And we saw that it's not just about budget. We saw. Uh, a year ago, what the Valiant were able to achieve, or or Atlanta, who I'm sure wasn't the most uh, hailed uh, team before the season began, right when the rosters were announced. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, speaking of sort of the game and you know it, the new game part, maybe it's not significant. You got the Washington Justice who are going to have open tryouts for 2022. Sign up by October 10. Fluent sure. in Korean. 4500 plus sr like it's just a korean that holds me back i'm unfortunately so i won't be able but, to participate but i can't imagine they're doing tryouts on overwatch 2 in fact you know if that's the case like really there is so much uncertainty that it's quite possible that teams might have to just put together the players they best think will fit in an overwatch 2 experience Vancouver Titans and the Toronto. Well, we know the Toronto Defiant will be, and we're fairly confident the Vancouver Titans will be too. Because as you had mentioned, Omni, if both of these two teams had simply run back what they had, you're right. They weren't they weren't championship caliber. Synergy and I like you know, Sam Sam and, and RSP Cord talked about synergy with the Titans, and I've seen the same comment in, in Defiant Cord. Synergy matters not when you have a team that just doesn't have the the skills that are necessary to play the game that they're paid to to play or play it at a level that's better than the competition. Anyhow, um, this episode goes live at high noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday, and uh, we all know the Vancouver Titans and the Toronto Defiant will make waves well before that if they choose to do so. One final note, though, uh, the Toronto Defiant um, have a, a community activation. Uh, the Fran, it's... The Fran challenges, I think, is what they're they're calling it. Um, so, if you haven't followed the Toronto Defiant on, on social media, uh, it, it's essentially a community version of like the the Fran's Overwatch Community Cup, which I'm not going to say the acronym of because it would probably get me into trouble with censors. But the way this works is that Fran, um, in a six v six best of three match with. Uh, a guest captain of, of Karku, I mean, it makes sense Nathan's involved, um, will play. And anyone who actually plays in this this match gets a shirt. And then if you're drafted, you have an opportunity to win some prizes and stuff. How do you enter? You have to reply to the tweet with your role and a couple of hashtags. And then you'll be drafted. I'm going to guess <laughs> it's like names out of a hat. Random. But which of the U2 is going to enter this thing? Because Lord knows I don't want to. Uh, I would if I had a little bit more time <laughs> these days. Probably not. Yeah, certainly won't be me. I uh, I can't keep up with these these more professional players than me. 
The uh, the actual events on October 20th, selection is kicked off. It runs through to the 10th. And you have to be a resident of Canada to enter. Um, and people, I, I, I often see this. More so I saw it with the Vancouver Titans, but I have been starting to see it more with the Toronto Defiant too. Well, I'm not a fan of Canada. Why do you discriminate against people who aren't from Canada? It really comes down to the law of the land. Like to offer prizing and lotteries and such, there are laws that these teams have to follow. I am positive Toronto and Vancouver or any other team would love to have a much broader experience, but then you start to have to go in and navigate rules like Heck, even in Canada, it's there's a reason why it says excluding Quebec is because that province treats contests differently than every other province and territory in Canada does. <laughs> exactly what I was about to say. Yeah. It's I mean, there's also things like it seems seems silly to mention it, but shipping costs. Going across the border is ridiculous when it comes to shipping. That's part of why many of us had such a problem with the old uh Old uh, fanatics, fanatics. What are you talking stuff. about? Getting a, a one hundred dollar T shirt with the silk screen printing misaligned <laughs> that you paid, you know, yeah. it was twenty five dollars US plus shipping and handling, and mm-hmm. and then and then it was the wrong size. Tried to ship it back. They told me it'd be another eighty dollars on top of that just to ship it back, <laughs> and I went. Guess my wife just got a hoodie, and I'll get a different one. <laughs> so, well, yeah, it's true story. It's another. Another conversation that uh, we have beat to death, resurrected, yes, beat it to yeah. death one more time. And it looks like we're trying to go and pop res again. <laughs> but Just remember those days. times when that was the biggest issue with the league? <laughs> those were the days. <laughs> yeah. The, the glory days when just yeah. fanatics and the deal they oh, had. My shirt is not aligned. Yeah. Uh, Agro issue. Anywho, uh, we'll take ourselves a quick break here before we dive into the fray. Back into the fray. Like I, I let off the show. What the heck is going on with the Overwatch League? Like it truly is roster apocalypse. <laughs> like you know, I won't suggest that the two or three of us, sorry, had gone and said, "Oh yeah, you know, it's going to be drastic changes, or there won't be." We were really more so touching on Toronto a little bit. We figured Vancouver would probably make some changes, but like you have some teams who are saying, "Like, <clears throat> hey, everyone, thanks." Um, you've got you know, teams that are saying, no, we're pretty good. We're bringing everyone back. And then mm-hmm. you have others who just not saying anything. Um, like right now, for instance, the Florida mayhem, they've done the Toronto version. Let's let everyone go, but we're going to go full Yaki. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the rumor with Florida is that they're going with, well, I think it was halo that had said that they're going to try to go and make a play for American tornado. Yeah. I think so. But now he's he's saying actually they're not going to go for all of American Tornado, which some of them echoes of Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've got others who are saying that Toronto might go and try to make a play for what we formerly knew as Runaway. And how might that be possible? Well, Slime is a free agent. Mm-hmm. 
you've got Twilight LFT. Salmon Su. Salmon Su just got uh, cut by the, the Hangzhou Spark. I've heard Bumper's been available for a while. <clears throat> that would be nice. That will be interesting. I don't well, know if it'll be uh, great in terms of results, but it'll oh, be a nice God. show I mean, who knows? Well, I mean, I think, actually, you know what? Yeah, we, uh, you're right. We don't know what the results would be. Can you imagine what would happen if Toronto <laughs> put that team together and then had success? And, and again, not to beat a dead horse, but and treated the players right, and you know, oh, there, gosh. Was, there was a yeah. mutual agreement there. That could be something special, honestly. I mean, it was something special. That's the thing, you know. For a while there, it was. It they was were magic, pretty good, right? They were, they were pretty, pretty good. good. So, I mean, they. Uh, Yang one probably still has them all on speed dial. <laughs> right. And he's still there in, in Toronto, but no, like I, I look at the, the league here, you've got um, some, some really interesting yeah. players that have, have been made available. Um, granted, we don't know how things trickle into the overwatch too, but um, who in a million years would have ever thought someone like Aming would no longer be on the Chengdu Hunters? Yeah. The retirees is always like a common theme with every season that goes by. But again, those retirements are sometimes very short. We can see Striker is looking for a team. And mm-hmm. to me, that was the biggest like you know uh, loss for the shock and what caused them eventually, among other things, to uh, not win the championship. So that's a big... Uh, name. I'm sure he's still pretty darn good at the game. Exy apparently is going to destroy North American contenders, which is kind of interesting. If if, if he still has that insane aim, which I'm sure probably uh, is a good, on a good level. But you know the retirements players like Birdring. It's very sad to see see them go after he had like an incredible season. Uh, Shockwave. <laughs> That's an interesting well, one. We'll see. If- the thing about the Philadelphia fusion though, is we have to consider that they as a team mm-hmm. essentially had two rosters last year. Yeah. They had the team that was going to play in NA and they had the team that played in Korea and they did what LA Valiant did not. They said, we committed to you as players and we will keep you on board and do our best to get you in. Mm-hmm, for sure. LA Valiant said, Man, we're just going into an entirely different direction, and who knows what happened to the deal? Scrap it and throw it together. And this seems now that like they're reverting on that decision to go to China again. Like it's, it's well, we don't know. Weird. Yeah, no. like weird. If if the Overwatch League plays with regions, there's no way that they can function with an overweight North America. Do you guys think that the current balance is? good or close to i honestly feel that they were like if the overwatch league were to go that route i think they need to have a they had to have three regions mm, interesting like i i think you would have i mean it's not it would not still not good your balance will be kind of skewed mm. but i think you have your sort of apac region mm-hmm. you have like a western region and then you have an eastern eu mm-hmm. which are include right. london paris and then probably what the Eastern coast of the States, a lot of those teams. And, yeah. Right. And I, and then have some sort of, you know, some sort of trickle in. Yeah. I kind of like their initial uh, conferences with uh, the teams that were around the Atlantic and the team that were around the <laughs> Pacific uh, 
uh, ocean and we saw like a bunch of teams that, like it was i think east coast in europe and west coast and, and apac what is now apac that was well, pretty interesting when, when travel and all that wasn't really a yeah. thing and yeah yeah i think the like the struggle is that we don't know if they'll play on ping again like are they going land and if they're going LAN, then it really doesn't matter. But if they're playing online, they're going ping. You can't have a Pacific and Atlantic. Like the Atlantic functionally has an advantage. It's a smaller ocean. <laughs> That's true. Right? Like distance. And then you have ocean dip Coast in teams. the chat at the end. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're not, what are they going to fly? Like, you know, NA teams to Hawaii on a rig? Like, uh, it's just a, we don't there's there's so many questions about how they'll yeah. they'll put things together and you know this is how we get into this conversation is sort of with what philadelphia is doing and how they have announced that you know mano shockwave and, and toby are coming back with mano he's retiring yeah. um but then you look at their team carpe ikio rascal poco hotbot alarm funny astro like they're all coming back or is someone like you know well, actually, and uh, what did Funny Astro I think had said he's going to free agency, yeah. but still not like it's weird. Why has the team not said that? Mm. Yeah, it's it's very weird. Yeah, there was another thing I think uh, last season, at least when the rosters were constructed, I think there was a huge uh, push to sign more Korean players, and that was kind of the fad in a way. I think that will be mitigated a little bit going into the season. It looks like a lot of teams are more open to looking at Western players or mixed rosters. Maybe that'll be a theme because a team like New York or, or Florida playing in, in uh, sorry, not Florida, but, but um, Philly playing in APAC was also like probably just a preference for a lot of their players or at least some of the roster. Yeah, Philly was a, made more sense. A bit of an unexpected one, I think, for most people. Just given the success that they did have in the season prior, um, mm-hmm. and then you know once again being kind of stalled out towards the end there, um, you know, not able to cross the finish line and everything. Um, the visa is probably affected at all. Yeah, and it's it's always been kind of. Now, I honestly hadn't really considered it until you just what you were just saying there on me about how last season I do feel like things were a little slanted towards Korean players and it felt like teams were rebuilding in that direction. I mean, look at Toronto. Realistically, mm-hmm. they, they did as well, um, with the exception of Logics, I believe. Well, um, okay, we didn't touch on that, but Logics came out and put the team on blast that he felt completely disconnected. Yeah that the players had a Korean only team discord that they talked in, but the actual oh. full team discord had nothing. I actually haven't heard that, which, Oh yeah. He, he was non none too happy about sort of the experience, but mm-hmm. it, if that's an issue and that's sort of a, something that a mixed roster can introduce, you have to take that into consideration when you're building your team. Well, and I would argue that Toronto wasn't a mixed roster though. That's the thing. They were a, you could call them a Korean focused team, um, which, it, there were many questions about logics being on that team going into the season. And it seemed like maybe they wanted someone who could identify with the market a little more, you know, being in, in, in Canada kind of thing. Now Canada is a very diverse market. So maybe that was their mistake, but then you also didn't really see them doing a ton of 
promotion and things like that with specifically logics. Yes, there was some, of course, but I would also say they leaned more into the um, content creator side of them than anything. Oh, car queue, exactly. Fran, and uh, agility. I mean, the simple fact that that Fran kind of got brought on board with Toronto was a little bit surprising because I think prior to that, she'd been with Atlanta. She had a deal yes. with, with, with FaZe Clan or, or maybe just the Atlanta Reign in general. Um, and so that was a little bit of a shift even. But it was it's interesting because I feel like this season we saw more of the Western teams with mixed rosters have success, which mm-hmm. leads me to think, okay, maybe this has proven the use case that mixed rosters aren't the worst thing. And maybe now we'll kind of shift back to that a little bit more. Sure. We're always going to have certain teams that will be, you know, more focused on Korean players and things like that. And obviously the, the Eastern or APAC market seems to do that as well. Certainly. Um, yeah. But, but it's interesting, you know, I hadn't really thought about the ebb and flow that we're now seeing, but something to consider, right? Yeah. The, the struggle for me, though, and I'm I'm a firm believer that we see teams take when they need to make changes. They take a look at who is most successful and who was most successful. Shanghai Dragons mm-hmm. is that a mixed roster? True. No, I, I'm not against you know roster composition and going mm-hmm. in a particular way. Whether it's a Korean roster, whether it's a mixed roster, mm-hmm. whether it's an E roster, you you build the team for whatever your business outcomes might be, like the scuttlebutt. Uh, prior to the start of last season is when you look at the Paris Eternal and the London Spitfires, they were building teams that they felt could connect to their market. They weren't necessarily building teams to go in and win the grand final, right? I feel that the Vancouver Titans had considered that as an option. Um, And maybe they changed gears or maybe they decided there was another path to go. You have the Toronto Defiant, who have done that. I mean, Adam had, was on our show where he said, Hey, we, we put together a roster, you know, pre pandemic that we felt was going to be phenomenal as a stage team to really, you know, work off the crowd and, and really, you know, put ourselves out there. And then pandemic means everything goes online and everything that we thought hmm. we'd be able to take advantage of doesn't exist. And so I think what we're going to need to see first is how each one of these teams decides what their priority happens to be. Is it to be, a top team in the Overwatch League? Is it to be a team that can connect with its market? Is it the team that's looking to go in and do well with sponsorship activations? Because there are teams there that that's what they're all about. I think breadsticks were phenomenal on <laughs> this season. Oh, God. <laughs> you know what? what's going to be so sad for the Vancouver Titans? How do they replicate that? Yeah, because every other sponsor that they were to bring on board, if they, you know, I, I think they go and they say, hey, look what happened mm-hmm. to Pizza Hut and the activation and, and how this was talked about everywhere and it broke their website and all that I stuff. think that's a great sales uh, conversation but how do you replicate that I uh, to be brutally honest they have to be horrible again <laughs> performance wise because that wouldn't have uh, gotten the same amount of exposure if they had something better going for them this year that's true a big Sadly, part of that it. was part of what fueled it I think yeah a big part of it was the that's what they were driving for. Everyone knew they, really they weren't going to be victory. Yeah, everyone knew they weren't going to be in the grand finals, so that they needed something to shoot for. And it turned out what they were shooting for would have been a benefit to all of us, not just the team. Yep. 
I never got my breadsticks. I didn't. <laughs> unfortunately, I I got some at the you know sports, sports the watch party. party. Yeah, they yeah. were pretty good. Yeah. Gosh, if you were a Vancouver Titans fan, and you have to choose between breadsticks and a competitive team, breadsticks. <laughs> <laughs> You're a horrible podcast. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I feel like I would go for the team, but uh, yeah, for sure. I'm just, yeah. Why uh, can't we have both? Yes. Sure. Breadsticks every game because they are just crushing it. That's the ultimate goal. Yeah. Imagine yeah. if they had like breadsticks promotions every time, you know, the, the original Titans got a win. Well, We'd be like swimming in bread. Well, that, I was just thinking, like, you know how in, in these sports pools, they often will have, like, a, a pretty sizable award handed to a very low probability chance. Sure. Um, like, I'll use, like, football as an example, where, like, a 0-0 zero, zero score for every minute that it's 0-0, zero, yeah. zero, you get money, what have you. And then suddenly you have these, like, defensive struggles are often, like, where teams just can't get points. I feel that the Vancouver Titans next season will be so competitive that the team will come in thinking we need to soften the blow. So for every win, everyone gets breadsticks and suddenly mm-hmm. pizza huts out of business because the Vancouver Titans just won 30 straight. <laughs> it could be, I mean, it's still a great activation, but at some point, like I just feel that that might happen. Um, looking back at, at the, the league, however, you know, I think the, thing that I'm worried about sort of committing to is when I look at like a team like the Washington justice and sort of, you know, Jordan, you had brought them up earlier where they haven't made a whole lot of changes. They've actually only announced two so far and in, in tuba and closer. It's still conceivable that by Friday they've made more announcements, more changes have taken place. Like free agency is the, the great differentiator at that point in time, we should have a good indication as to who's, who is coming back? October 10th um, is the date in which teams may begin signing free agents. So I think it's realistic to think that on the 10th or after the 10th, that's when the floodgates really open, right? Well, sure. But I mean, from a, a market PR perspective, the bad news goes on Fridays. True. So on Friday afternoon, and again, Friday afternoon, local time, that's anyone who came from the, the mainstream traditional marketing component, that's when they're going to share that stuff. So, you know, like justice, could they make more changes? Sure. The Vancouver Titans, like if we were to go by that point, yeah, they're bringing back the entire team. Yet I know with certainty that is not true. Halo, who I know more people trust than not, than me has said as much. Heck, the old Vancouver Titans content team engages with Halo. <laughs> Yeah, but but I mean, we look at you know the teams that have gotten ahead of things. There are probably there are significantly greater number that haven't. It almost, I mean, looking at it from a marketing standpoint again, it is a PR beat to announce that we are letting go of one, two, five, six, seven players, nuking the whole team, whatever it is. If you get ahead of it, if you choose your date like the Toronto Defiant did on, uh, looks like October 1st. Um, you know, you own that date realistically. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter if it's a negative story about, Oh, you know, they're not bringing back Sato. They're not bringing back Aspire. 
PR is PR, right? Um, they own that date because they were the only ones that went. And if they get ahead of it, then maybe it even causes another team, like maybe the Florida Mayhem, to say, shoot, they posted first. Okay, we'll bump ours to tomorrow because we yeah. want all the talk to be about us. And quite literally, Florida announced on the second, the day after Toronto. It's realistic that that did happen. Um, you know, I think generally content teams have this stuff scheduled out. So that's another story. But yeah, there are five teams yet to announce anything. So I think on the note of content team scheduling stuff, I genuinely believe content teams are finding out just in the moment to announce. And if they are given any notice, the scheduling is happening that day. So, okay, yeah. at 10 a.m., 10, 15, 10, 30, 10, 45. And when did they find out? Like 9, 30. Yeah, there's there's a definitely an element of of trust within the organizations. And I think certain organizations probably trust their teams more than others. But ultimately, you know, if it's coming from the top and if it's something like this where it's quite literally a person's livelihood that you are affecting, then in a lot of cases, you aren't going to tell your content team too early. So I could definitely mm -hmm. see that being a reality. Yeah. Don't tell the content team, but let hate like whomever you're talking to is talking to Halo. So uh anywho. Well, it, it'll just be an interesting uh, weekend. We'll come back next week, obviously, with all of the free agent yeah. signings, and it'll be the exact opposite. Instead of what the heck is going on with Al, we'll be like, oh my goodness, look what's going on with yeah, Al. I love those notifications from, you know. The announcement Discord channel. It's it's a lot of fun. <laughs> okay, so um, the Vancouver Titans today uh, pinged in everyone in their announcement channel, eh? At noon. Yeah. Exactly it's what vibe we were. Out with our Titans content producer, Connor McCready, and listen to some <laughs> of his favorite picks. So they've been doing this, like, you know, it's a Spotify type activation. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they ping it with an everyone. So it's an everyone level notification. Mm -hmm. in a server where there's lots of questions like I, i'm not a part of all the team servers so i can't speak as to how many others do this but i know like the toronto defiant the everyone's that generally hit there um they're maybe a little more strategic right to just you know to sort of describe it that way but but they do it as well like i just i feel it's the everyone ping. What is it? What is it? Oh, okay. It's not an announcement. <laughs> Anyhow. Oh, um, one other thing and I didn't bring it up in our, our last show and I meant to, uh, it's going to be, uh, sad not to see, uh, Jeff's coffee shop in, uh, the New York map in overwatch two. I did hear about that bit of an interesting one. I get it. I mean, problem. One of the problems, Activision Blizzard, Blizzard's sort of the component, a lot of problems. But one of the issues was how they were honoring people in game and in finding out that these people weren't good people. And so <clears throat> to prevent that from happening, just don't honor people in the game is their approach. Yeah. I, I think yeah. must have been an executive order kind of thing. Scrub it all, you know? Yeah, you can't. Don't take the can, risk. You can't rely on real people. I mean... For God's sakes, even we were hearing about Mother Teresa and <laughs> like some bad stuff that was associated with her. Just don't do it. Like real people well, suck. Just the, <laughs> keep it in your contained fantasy world, and and you won't have to, you know, 
Because he's not uh, talking about us, just so you're aware. Oh, yeah. We're not different people. We're we're existing on a different plane. <laughs> That's right. <Yeah. laughs> I um, Is Blizzard World coming back to uh, Overwatch 2? What they've said about it is all of them will be. So yeah, hopefully. the Mike Morheim uh, memorial. Mm. Uh, That's an interesting one. They shouldn't associate with Blizzard at all. Remove the <laughs> Blizzard labeling. <laughs> <laughs> Change the name to Disney World. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, is, that, that makes it so much better. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, uh, yeah, I hope that the 2CP maps all make a return, just not as 2CP. It's so much, you know. Make it 1CP? Content and, I don't know, put a payload on them, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's, a, it's a push, but it's only one direction. For sure. So you have to have essentially a payload, but it's push payload. Because, like, it's. So much work just going down the drain, right? If you lose can those. You, can you imagine having to escort a payload on Paris through the first archway? It's not even an archway. Uh, it's like the first death box. And then the second one as you get into the mansion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'd make a couple of uh, you know turns around that um, fountain. <laughs> it will be interesting <laughs> to see what they end up doing. Watching the pay, yeah, you got to ring around the rosy. Got to go around three times in the one spot, yeah. standing on the payload. Every time you make a move, move, like another sprinkler turns on to indicate. It's like a carnival game, yeah. you know, with some with hit scan standing in the back, clicking heads as you're just having to go and stand there making it move. Yeah, I'm sure it's uh, possible. I'm sure it's possible. Yeah. It, Anywho. You're gonna say something there, Ollie? No, I'm just saying, like, if if modders were able to use the custom game to create freaking 2D <laughs> Overwatch, anything is possible. In, like in the workshop in like a couple of days, I'm sure that yeah, like Thomas the professional Thomas the tank engine, yeah, that one too. He'll be he'll be the new payload, Thomas. Yeah. Anywho, here we are at the end of a, a pretty long show. One of which that uh, we got to talk about the league choosing chaos because why not? And after this weekend into next week, probably more chaos. Or maybe free agency starts and people are like, when are you going to announce something? Oh, I hope not. Because that's equally as possible. Well, like, what do we know about the next season? Not a whole lot. We just know we have dates. Like, you have to have five by, I think, January and six by, like, March or something like that. Like. Here, let me see if I can find the, the dates quickly. Five um, signed by January 3rd. Deadline for yeah, all six teams by March 6 is yeah, March 1st. So we know the season's not starting until at least March, probably April. Yeah. And we don't know anything more than it's an, an early version of Overwatch 2. Six months from now is March 1st. And if, I mean, I, I think... Omni and I talked about this when you were away, Chris, and we said something, well, we were making the point that traditionally in the games industry, a press cycle is minimum six months for hyping up a game's release. So in my mind, we know they're playing on an early build, so that's not the release, but by January, if you assume an early build may maybe means three months out from the game's release, then by January, we should know something about Overwatch 2's official release and everything. Right. At least I would hope. Please. Please. 
it's time. Yeah. You're, you're too positive for this podcast. <laughs> it's, it's almost like, uh, I don't know. There's, it's one of one thing about the games industry as a whole is, and I, by no means am I an ex- expert. I just follow the games industry in a lot of ways. It's very secretive. All these, you know, games are often not even announced or unveiled until six months out. And then on the flip side of that, sometimes they're announced and then a game takes five plus years to come out. Whereas if you compare it to something like the film industry, they announce movies are being made years out from production. They announce the full cast leading up to and things like right. that. And there, there's just a lot less secrecy around the whole thing, um, which it would be nice if, if games kind of made a shift to that. Um, you know, why, why do we need to be so, so secretive about it? At least give us something. Um, you know, we understand that, yeah, you don't want to be whole, be beholden to a certain date but just tell us where you're at you know worst case you need to delay so what does that mean for the league it it means they uh they they better get something together soon because we're all dying to know uh can't wait for the overwatch league to be playing on the pre-release alpha Yeah. Is that the the Omega build or whatever? It's like Omega, <laughs> Alpha, Beta. or It's going to be entertaining, uh, that's for sure. <laughs> Gosh, in the middle of a match. Look, there's two Reinhardts, but that's actually not Reinhardt. It's Soldier, but, but you know. It's, uh, tw- the character model is taking its, its place. Tw- like some but, of those but he's weird just bugs. too big. Someone just don't, like, flipping on the geometry as they try to get through a door and they can't, Reinhardt can't fit through the door or something. Yeah, exactly. How is he going to push the payload? He can't fit. <laughs> Lucio's behind him trying to boop him through. <laughs> oh, friendly fire boops would be so much more fun. Can you imagine the trolling that would happen then? Everyone trying to get over the bridge on a Rialto. <laughs> Wait until okay. you see Hook 3.0. Oh. Uh... <laughs> So here we are at the end of the show. We'll be back again, as I said, next week. We may have chaos. We may not have chaos. We may have a new game to talk about. We may not have a new game to talk about. All I know is that I'll be back here with Omni, and who knows, Jordan may decide to chime in too. Is there, it just seems to be a thing now. Uh, you know, I think I, I might just start attending regularly, if that's okay with you guys. I mean, it's fine by me, but Omni will have to share some of his pay. Uh, I'm okay with that as well. I'll, I'll think about it. I'll think about it. All right. Let me know. Report back on next episode. Yeah, I'll, I'll see. Yeah. Um, if you have some thoughts on Jordan coming back on a regular basis, the best way to tell us is to tell us. You can tell us online at Ready, Set, Pwn on Twitter. You can join Ready, Set, Pwn Discord, discord.io slash Ready, Set, Pwn. Or just leave us a review and tell us how awesome or not so awesome he happens to be. Either which way, we'll read the, pod, the review verbatim. And you can leave us a review on any podcast application that takes them. Or go to podchaser.com slash Ready, Set, Pwn to drop one there. Now, if you want to check out Jordan's other work, Search for One Man Watchpoint, where he talks about Overwatch for an entire hour in an intelligent fashion, which is quite interesting because I can barely string together six words that sound intelligent myself. <laughs> but uh, what final words of wisdom do you have for all of our, our listeners there, boys? I'll, I'll go with to you, Omni, first. Um, the early bird catches the worm, but the early worm gets eaten. So hmm. maybe it's, yeah. Check, check. So, when you set the alarm, check to see if you're a worm or a bird. 
How do you know? Like when oh, you'll when you're know. in the bird's you'll mouth? Know. <laughs> okay. Hey, Jordan. You know, you know. Um, leave us with a quote from uh, Dr. Seuss that goes a little something like, everything stinks until it's finished. Hopefully it does not apply to uh, our pre-release Overwatch 2. <laughs> Oh, well, um, some, some sage words of advice for me, um, gentlemen, you know, how sort of with the, the pandemic, uh, social distancing is, has been a thing you have to sort of queue up, uh, making sure you have six feet or two meters in between you and the next person. And, uh, you know, the collection of people in sort of one space has not been something you've been seeing. Well, one of the areas that's actually been somewhat problematic is at the local barbershop and you see used to be, you could all sit in there, watch TV, wait for the barber to cut your hair, but now you have to go and line up. And I have to ask you this, when you have a, a lineup of uh, men um, looking to get their hair cut, uh, do you know what they actually call it? There's a technical term. It's a barber cue. <laughs> that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Bit of a, bit of a walk, but uh, that was a good one. Got you there. Yeah. I got you there. I mean, I could have just done it this way. What do you call a line of men waiting to get no, haircuts? No, a barbecue. Much better. But I oh, felt like build up is yeah, is warranted. For sure. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't mail anything in these days. No, except for sometimes shows where I've barely watched what's been going on, <laughs> and my notes get all mixed up. Oh, but on behalf of Omni at Omni Strife, Jordan at Sir Doctor J, myself Chris at Light Force, I'm going to sign this episode off with those magical words you've been just begging for me to say: catchphrase. Thank you.